But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell, uh, Hayden Garland, off camera, on mic, in the background, making sure we don't spend uh, 30 minutes talking about uh, <laughs> Elon at Wake Forest. So uh, we, we're, we're, we're very excited. Uh, it's it's finally here at, at long last. Uh, we get to, you know, for our sake, for A&M's sake, uh, put 2022 uh, officially in the past, look forward to this season, uh, big things in store. Uh, this this podcast seems to think so, uh, <laughs> uh, certainly. But um, yeah, we just appreciate you guys' support. Um, our numbers on downloads have been uh, uh, very strong the past few weeks. You know, it's incredible. Just the, excitement, uh, the excitement of the season. You know, I think we've kind of upped our game, and you know, uh, definitely consistency and uh, and guests and things like that, and just tried to keep this thing on the rails. So. Um, Thank you for your support. Uh, if you're not already, uh, go like and subscribe uh, at Ineligible Pod across all socials. Um, you can find us on YouTube if you like to indulge on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts if you like to listen there. And if you have an Android and you listen on Google Podcasts, you can do that. And Spotify, too. We're on Spotify, yeah? Also on Spotify. Yeah, you're on Spotify. That's where I do mind listening if I ever go back and listen. So uh, definitely subscribe if you haven't already. We'd love to have you. It is week one of college football. I never thought it's, this day would come. It's week one. It's game week for AM. We're going to talk AM a little bit later in the show, but uh, we did have some football this past weekend, some college football, some watchable, like decently consu- consumable college football this past weekend. Um, I know you watched a little bit of that, Chase. So, is it, does anything stand out from this past weekend um, of the handful of games that we saw? Yeah, you know, I looking at the slate of games going into the week, I was kind of thinking like, man, I wish week zero had some better matchups than what they have, but it doesn't really matter. It's college football. I'm excited about it. I'm going to get excited about it. Going to watch anyways. And I would say I was pleasantly surprised at, at some of these games. Um, really, uh, I, the, I've said this a couple times to you already, Will, but I watched the majority, if not, if not all, I'm going to watch the whole UMass New Mexico State game. And that was a really fun game to watch. Uh, it was a lot of back and forth, really evenly matched teams. And so so for that, like if you would have asked me last week, are you going to watch the UMass New Mexico State game? I probably would have told you no. I honestly happened to just because it was on in the restaurant I was at, but then continued to watch once I got home because it was just such a fun game to watch. We saw some some – former and also current Aggies go in for, for New Mexico State, so that's always exciting, right? Um, but that game was a lot of fun. I, they're they're I also it. the Aggies. Yeah, they are, if you didn't already know that. Um, <laughs> the New Mexico State Aggies. So um, I taught my little little niece how to say Gigam Aggies, granted oh, for the yeah. New Mexico State Aggies, but um, that was fun. Watch some Notre Dame Navy Notre Dame, I mean, granted it's Navy, but they have some some dangerous pieces. They're a little running back, man. He's he's fantastic. He's good. Um, I thought he looked really good. Obviously, Sam Hartman, the transfer in from Wake Forest, uh, was was slinging it. Um, they just look so uh competent on offense and very efficient. And, you know, like Notre Dame's had some good teams, but they haven't had a good quarterback, like at least to Hartman's level in a long, long time. Um, I'm still, uh, in wait and see on the Irish, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's a performance that they have to feel good about in week zero because Navy is not a pushover team. And they, they came out strong. I don't feel like Notre Dame has done that in recent memory. A lot of they times did. they, they come out and they win by the luck of the Irish. So, um, I, I didn't see that this week. I mean, obviously they won 42 to three, so, um, they didn't struggle hardly at all. Looked really good over in Ireland. Um, and I, I do like that we do that in college football. So that that's another another piece to it. Is it only Notre Dame that plays in Ireland, or do other teams? Um, so last season, week zero, it was, and it may have been the same venue. It may not have been, but I think it was. It was Northwestern and and Nebraska 
That's right. That's right. And uh, Northwestern had zero wins on American soil, but they were one and zero across the pond. <laughs> International legacies. Uh, yes, that's what you call that. Those those people over there probably think Northwestern's like a powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool, just the idea of Notre Dame being playing in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, not a, I, if, if anything, I'm probably a Notre Dame hater, but um, for for the sake of them being the Irish and being in Ireland, that's a cool storyline. I love storylines. That's what I like the most. Um, yeah. I didn't catch any of the USC-San Jose State game. Did you watch any of that one? Uh, well, no, I did not because I don't have the Pac-12 network. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I did catch some highlights. Um Caleb Williams was doing Caleb Williams things. It, it, it seemed um, very strong start from him. Uh, the young freshman, uh, I think a recruited him and got him on campus, but couldn't close him. Obviously he's a West coast kid. Uh, Zachariah branch, true freshman receiver, uh, ran a kickoff back for touchdown, hundred yards, uh, had a couple other big plays, uh, really nice piece for them, but uh, they did give up 28 points to San Jose state who I don't think was uh, expected to, be very strong on offense. So um, maybe, you know, like defense was obviously USC's problem last year. Uh, maybe they're just knocking off the rust. They got some, some new guys in, they're figuring things out. Um, not gonna, to, I'm not gonna write them off, you know, in week zero and not, not like, you know, it's not even week one yet, but um, just something to keep an eye on, something to monitor as we get into it. If they, you know, are still having trouble on defense, uh, they still have one of the best offenses in the country. They can score with anybody. So, um, they're definitely going to be a problem. Yeah, you know, I did I did look at adding the Pac-12 network to my to my TV system because it was they were running a deal it was fifty percent off. You just had to sign a ten year contract, and I I just I, I wasn't sure about that. You know? <laughs> they're like it's like it's like Sirius XM. You're like I tried to, to cancel my Sirius XM when I was in college, and they're like, "Oh, if you if you stay with us, you know, you get six months free and seventy five percent off." Like, please don't leave. It's like somebody today is still having an AOL uh, membership that they pay seventy four dollars a year for or something. Um, I thought you were going to say AOL email address because we have friends that do have those. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to John George John Parker the <laughs> third, my boy Trey with a. Uh, a away message still aim.com um but but yeah no I, I i thought it was fun for week zero but week one we made a lot of fun we got um a lot of good coming up here so um yeah i i really good kickoff i think for for week zero um, um but i, I just can't thing. get over the fact that we're <laughs> you know coming into the college football season is exciting yeah, uh, shout out to Hawaii for uh, hanging with Vanderbilt. Like they had, a, they had the ball with a chance to tie it up there at the end. Um, Vanderbilt blew them out last year in Hawaii, um, so I thought this was going to be another another bloodbath because I think Vanderbilt's uh, improved a bit. But um, shout out to Hawaii. You know they they came all like that's a long flight to get from Honolulu to Nashville and. You know, they, 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 they played pretty well. So, uh, hats well, off to them. Especially considering all the stuff going on in Hawaii. Like, there's no telling yeah. how much struggle that's been for them as a team. So, um, yeah, good good for them to, to play strongly this week and um, hope they have a good season. I could be wrong on this. And uh, I, I wish I could fact check this right now, but I'm pretty sure that Vanderbilt said that all like ticket sales and drink sales and all that stuff would go directly to like Maui, like relief efforts or, or it's, it's something to, to that effect. Like something big yeah. happened over there like with, like with the game. So that's um, good. That's, I, that's awesome. That's awesome for them to do that. I, I would not put that past Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's good, good quality people over there. So I could very easily see them doing that. Um, which that's what we need for college football, right? Like there's yeah. enough money in it already, at least let it go to a good cause. So I uh, hope you're right there. I'm sure you are just given, Vanderbilt and good quality people there. It might not be all that great at football, but good people. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It is week one starting Thursday and we have college football Thursday. We have college football Friday and then Saturday and Sunday and then, and then one game on Monday night. So, uh, 
there are five days in a row of legitimate college football you can watch on your television even if you don't have the Pac-12 network. So anyone out there can watch these games. And what's even better about that is most people don't have to go to work Sunday or Monday. So, you know, it's it's a Labor Day weekend chock full of college football. So, so take off on Friday, right? Like just take Friday off and then and there you go. Your weekend can start Thursday at 7 p.m. Yep. And starting Thursday, I think the game that stands out is is kind of a banger. It's Florida at Utah. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. That'll be a really good one to kick off the college football season, I feel like. Yeah, you know, like it's I feel like week ones have kind of they've lost a little bit of luster in the past couple of years. Like you used to get these big, like out of conference matchups at, at these neutral sites, which are kind of lame, but you know, it's typically like a like a pretty good game. But yeah. Uh this being on a Thursday is kind of surprising and kind of dangerous for Florida because like uh there was some crazy stat with Florida where like for out of conference games, they never left the state for like 40 years in a row for an out of conference game. Like they would just play like the local schools. They'd play Miami or Florida state or whoever else. Uh, but this is very like, like this, this series was a big deal when it got scheduled. So um, Utah is a tough place to play. Uh, they're just a tough, hard nosed football team. Um, their quarterback, a, a little bit of concern with injury there, but uh, I think, Top to bottom, I would favor Utah in this, especially with them uh, them playing at home. Uh, Florida's win total is like five and a half on the year, which sounds very low, and it is very low. But um, if they're able to go out there and get a win, uh, that could change their whole their whole outlook on their season. Oh, absolutely! And and uh, and what a really good kickoff game to do that for them, right? Um, you knock off what four, number fourteen team in the nation. Yeah. Um, just to get started, um, one that I'm sure they're what, – what's the line on that one, do you know? I think six and a half in favor of Utah. Yeah. Um, so I, I would favor Utah, of course, for all the reasons you just named. Um, being in Utah is a big deal uh, for the, for them. But, I, I mean, Florida, Florida could do it. How do you think Florida is going to end up this year? I mean – what are you expecting from their team? I'm I'm pretty down on them. And it's so, like, they're in this weird, like, twilight hour place right now because they're recruiting exceptionally well right now, like top three, top four kind of class, like, like, when, the, like when it's all said and done. But if you, if you win five games, can you hold on to all those guys? Sure. Um, A&M saw last year, like, obviously we were in year five, Billy Napier's in year two at Florida. Um we we like we had a good class, but not the class that we had signed, you know, in the prior years. So um I think if they can if they can string together like maybe like if they can get to like seven wins, like because their schedule's tough. Like they got Utah, they have Florida State, who's who's kind of back, uh like back to their uh their 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 prominence. Um they play Georgia, they play LSU, like you know, that's four I don't I I don't want to say sure losses, but that's four tough games right there. And you still gotta play, you know kentucky and tennessee and like all these other teams so um it won't be easy but you know just don't miss a bowl game and i think they're going to be fine yeah no i, I i'm with you there um because especially whenever you're a second year head coach you can really lean on that of oh well that's why we're not where we want to be and you can use that for your recruiting advantage but i i i don't know i i could uh, Billy Napier is still a good coach, and and yeah. so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write that game off at all. In fact, I think it it'd be in some cases evenly matched. Uh, nah, evenly matched isn't fair. I give I give Florida Utah the edge, but I I think Florida will make it a competitive game regardless. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, yeah, I feel like Florida is uh like like with Billy Napier, he's he's a coach that likes to to play bully ball. He likes to run the football. Uh, their quarterback situation isn't great but their you know their o-line is decent they have some good running backs um uh, I, i'm intrigued about <laughs> they've got a, a defensive tackle who came in at 400 pounds and gained weight of he's up to 455 uh which i like if you're a doctor i'm, I'm aware that's not healthy but <laughs> i'm just I, i'm intrigued by how the kid plays at that size <laughs> and, yeah and, oh and what that God. looks like on a football field 
Um, but he's he's a massive human being. He actually moves pretty well for being that size. Um, so just just a, a interesting storyline to note. If you turn on the TV on Thursday and you say, "Oh my God, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> he's taking up three gaps." No <laughs> so kidding. Good. That's Lord. that's who it is. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I can't wait to see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like that's definitely the marquee game on Thursday. Um, just kind of going down the list, trying to find something else to be excited about. Uh, Nebraska at Minnesota um, conference game, Big Ten game uh, on Fox. Uh, some turnover at, at each of those places in different ways. Uh, new quarterback at Minnesota, new coach and new everything at Nebraska. Um, could be interesting, but aside from that, it's a lot of smaller schools, uh, FCS schools playing, playing power five teams and things like that. Yeah. So what about it's, Friday? What do we got on Friday? Sorry. Uh, I've got a note that also, uh, St. Francis, our team that we talked about last year, this time, Oh yeah. uh, they play on Thursday. So, oh, good. uh, the, the Friars, I think something but, to that effect. <laughs> are they on the PAC 12 network? They're on ESPN Plus, so I could actually oh, watch them. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> Friday, first day of September. Um, our Week 2 opponent plays this day against the other Miami. Uh, fun fact, Miami, Ohio is not in a town called Miami. <laughs> it's in a town I, called Oxford. <laughs> I saw your tweet about that this week, and uh, I admittedly, I didn't know that either. Um, but then it, it just... Really, I I never did go and do this, but I'd love to know the story of Miami, Ohio. Where yeah, where like, did that name yeah. come from? Yeah. Like, it's got to be like a founding member or something. Yeah. Like had the last name Miami. Were or, they or like? Something. Were they like the Houston Oilers and they started in Miami and then got pissed <laughs> off at the city and just moved to a completely different state altogether? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. Drake Nando. I know he loves Miami. He just got there. He's like, this is gonna <laughs> yeah. be Miami University. <laughs> Um, but in terms of games that we're actually going to talk about, uh, I mean, I, I, I am intrigued to see what Miami looks like because you know, we're playing them the very next week. But sure, uh, Louisville at Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech has three or four AM transfers. Yeah, I was uh, going to say because they got Haynes King, Chase, Chase Lane. Lane. Yeah. Um, Andre White. Yeah. And then that may be it. Who's their running back? Do they still have that running back that we really wanted? Or did he seem like he transferred? Yeah, he was at Alabama last year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Never mind. And now he's, yeah. Although I've got to give props to me and you for 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 liking that kid early because he was picked twelfth overall in the NFL draft back in <laughs> April. So Jason will have an eye for talent, guys. We know football. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> the eight people listening, you get you came to the right place. Yeah, we'll we'll find you the next next guy up. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can't get this info anywhere else. Um, uh, but like on a on a pretty like lackluster night, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty intrigued by Louisville at Georgia Tech. Uh, Louisville, you know, like from listening to, to some other outlets, their schedule seems to be pretty easy. Um, they actually had a coach leave for another job and upgrade, which happens very rarely. But uh, they have Jeff Brom in there now. He played there. They they love him. They're excited. Um, they're thinking nine wins this year at Louisville. Uh, pretty easy schedule. They dodge all the big boys in that conference. So um, don't go to Georgia Tech and lay an egg in week one. This is a, this is a road game. Uh, Haynes King was named the starter. Um, you know, potentially dangerous quarterback for, for the Yellow Jackets. So um, it'll be fun to watch. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, I'm 100% a Yellow Jacket on this game. I'm, I'm <laughs> all for the upset here. Uh, A&M really, East. I liked all three of those guys at A&M. Still am a big supporter of them and, and would love to see them succeed there. And, yeah, I, I think I think all A&M fans should be Georgia Tech fans this, this year too. Um, so, so looking forward to that one. But any others on Friday? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch Stanford at Hawaii. Um, Ooh, I yeah. think Stanford – I think Stanford's pretty bad Uh, with with the exception of EJ Smith. He's Mm -hmm. probably the bright spot on that team. Um, Hawaii could get a win there. You know, they, they, they did some work in the portal. Their quarterback played very, very well last week. Um, Definitely going to watch that one. Probably going to watch it with you if you're coming down that night, which yeah, yeah. we'll we'll talk about that later. We do need to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
that one's on CBS Sports Network. Um, switching gears to Saturday, lots of games on this slate with uh, 28 point spreads. Um, I was picking the games for our pick them earlier today. And, uh, you know, I was like, which 28 spread game do I want? Do I want, you know, Tennessee, Virginia? <laughs> do I want uh, Indiana, Ohio State? Do I want Michigan, East Carolina? Um, I left that one out. Don't, don't want to watch <laughs> Michigan, East Carolina. But um, I'm intrigued by Tennessee. Uh, new new quarterback, you know, new uh, new offense with some receivers going to the NFL. Um, another AM opponent who looks to be very good, ranked number 12 to start the year. Uh, just see what they look like. But um, what has my curiosity and my attention is Colorado at TCU. I feel yeah. like you have thoughts on this. I'm just going to let you go. Um, yeah. Big 12 matchup, right? Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Future rivalry right here. No, I'm I'm super curious to see what Colorado is going to look like with Prime, right? Um, can, can he replicate what Lane Kiffin has been good at doing, what Lincoln Riley has been good, good at doing, and just completely gut a team as a brand new coach transfer a whole new team in and then win right away um that that's what i'm i'm curious to see it obviously worked with lincoln riley at usc he just took his whole team with him when he left um and and i think prime took a couple guys with him as well that probably the best bright spots of his team and so um so yeah curious to see what what colorado looks like and in tcu i mean i i think um they're they're coming off a great season um decent season i guess if you want to call it that um but how did they end up at number 17 that's what i want to know so i'm i'm kind of torn on them because like i i could see it both ways like i could i could see a world where tcu finishes unranked altogether i could also see, I could a see world that too where sure. they, i could see a world where they finish top 10 again just because you know uh you, you've got to you've got to tip your hat they're like um, obviously, uh, Garrett Riley has gone to Clemson, mm-hmm. um, Max Duggan, and a lot of those guys from that team that were so good uh, have gone on to the next level. Um, they got some good transfers. They got JoJo Earl, the transfer from Alabama. Yeah, um, they've got they've got some good running backs. Um, you know, there's uh, I think Josh Newton is a cornerback that is looked at pretty highly uh, among NFL scouts. Um, but to me, it just seems like they kind of had lightning in a bottle last year and a lot of things broke their way and they had a, a terrific year. Yeah. Uh, they could still be a, a good team and go like eight and four, you know? I think so. So that's where I, I kind of, I mean, I don't really think it's fair for them to be outside of the top 10 to, to at least start the season. Um, I, I think they at least earned that, but um, I, I, I mean, definitely think that there's question marks there, but for them to have, if, had such a Cinderella season last year, especially coming off a five and seven year. Um, sure. They probably did catch lightning in a bottle, but at least give them the benefit of the doubt to start the year. And, and that's kind of, I don't know. I, I think they'll, I think there's some, both teams in, in that scenario, right. Are, are two teams that I, I just have no idea what to expect. And, and so that's what makes me excited to watch that game is simply because, yeah. Like, like that's what I love about college football. I love the complete unknowns. You know, I say it all the time of it's a future Hall of Famer going up, a future lawyer, you know, and then a guy over here that got his degree in psychology and is, is going to maybe go be a teacher later on. Like, you know, every, every, everybody's wide range of different, different people out there on the field. Um, and, and so that's well, and- epitomizing that game, I feel like. Well, and Colorado is like such a fascinating case study because I don't think ever in the history of college football has a team brought in like 65 new players in an offseason. Like that's just never happened. Like maybe it's been 40, 45, but 65. It's like it's the entire team. Like <laughs> hey, who cares about initial counters anymore, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a thing of the past. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was a rule? Oh, they have right. like they have like thirty players. That's what I'm saying. Like like 
thank God for him that that's gone because otherwise, yeah. what would you do here? Um, and what's I mean, what's crazy is, is if it works. I mean, like, hey, we went and got guys from sixty different places, and we had a a, a bowl team or like a seven one football team. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be crazy to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I'm gonna throw Sutton's comment up here. What do we think about Deion's son at quarterback in a Power Five conference? So, I'll be honest. I, I don't know a ton about him to be to be to be honest, but from a few people I've talked to, they think he's legit. Uh, and we talked about Travis Hunter on this show, uh, who was, you know, the number one player in the country in 22, uh, receiver and DB, you know, if, is he going to do both? If he's a full-time receiver, they also got some guys, you know, from the, like at receiver from, from the portal, which I mean, you could say that for every position, but, um, who are talented. So he should have a nice cast around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know what to like, what to predict with him, but uh, I, I, it's an interesting dynamic because you see head coach and quarterback son at the high school level, like everywhere. Yeah, you don't see it in college hardly ever. <laughs> so right. it's 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 very fascinating to watch. Yeah, no, I'm Sutton. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a word. It's called nepotism. Um, and the <laughs> thing about nepotism is you don't know if he actually earned it or if he just got it because of his last name or who his daddy is, you know? So I, uh, I think it's, uh, we'll have to see, is it nepotism? Is it not? Um, I'm sure the kid's a a good quality quarterback. I, 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 I'm sure he'll probably do just fine. Um, I do like the dynamic of, of, you know, son, dad combo at the collegiate level. Like you're saying, that would be cool. Um, and, and I think he's probably a, a a good quarterback. To your point about Travis Hunter, I think they're going to play him wherever they need him, and and I could definitely see him them just playing him at receiver this year. Uh, there's no way he plays both both places. It's kind of like asking asking a like every junior in high school is getting a double major when they go to college, right? Like, <laughs> did you what, did you plan on getting a double major when you went to college? Like, I feel like every yeah. junior in high high school, like you just assume that that makes you like a higher level. It's like, well, I'm going to double major in this and that. No, you're not. You're going to get there and you're going to realize, oh, I need to focus on one thing or the other because if I try to focus on two completely different things, I'm not going to be successful. And and so I think that's that's the case with Travis Hunter. He he needed to grow up a little bit and understand that that just doesn't happen nowadays. Just to put into perspective, and this is like very like back of the napkin math, but if if he were to play full time at receiver and defensive back, and I think Colorado is going to be a team that that runs some tempo and, and pushes the pace a little bit. Uh, he would probably play like 1,400 snaps in a season if he did that, yeah. which is just like an, an astronomical amount. Like the highest, like I'll get on PFF and I'll see, you know, an, an 800 here or there for like a safety that just never came off the field. But 1,400, like I don't care how good a shape you're in. <laughs> like yeah. it's just not, it's just not reasonable to expect that. But That's like 55 minutes a game. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The last thing I'll say here, uh, to bring it back to to TCU a little bit, um, they're going to start Chandler Morris at quarterback, uh, son of Chad Morris, the former uh, Arkansas head coach. Um, Chandler Morris won that job last year. And like, like he was their starting quarterback entering the season. And then he got hurt against Colorado when they played him last year. And then Max Duggan got the job back and, you know, the rest is history. So uh, Mm, that's interesting. if you want to spin it in a positive light, if you're a TCU fan, like you're thinking, Hey, we were so good last year, but our coaches actually picked this other guy over. Yeah. Our with our back. That that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's an interesting dynamic there. Yeah. Um, going through the rest of the day. So, so that one's at 11 AM, um, along with those, some of those blowouts that I mentioned. Um, I'm trying to find the next one. Uh, Ohio state, Indiana is at two 30. Uh, they'll, They'll blow them out. Um, here we go. Uh, South Carolina. Hang on. Let me find it. So North Carolina is at South Carolina. You know, um, regional rivalry there with the two mm-hmm. state schools from those states. Um, North Carolina ranked 21. Uh, future top three 
top five pick at quarterback in Drake May. Um, South Carolina had a really awesome finish to the year last year. Uh, knocked off Tennessee, knocked off Clemson, you know, took Notre Dame to the wire in the bowl game. Uh, but some of their losses in the portal and to the NFL um, are really making me pause on them until I see, until I see more uh, North Carolina. On the other hand, I, I don't think they finished ranked and I know that's crazy because their quarterback is so good, but you know, their best receivers are now in the NFL. They went and got a stud from the portal and they declared him ineligible. The NCAA did. Mm. They could overturn that. I hope they do. But um, cause he's, you know, He's a great player. Um, but defensively, like, they weren't very good. They lost, you know, a, a lot of guys on defense as well to the portal. So, like, like, maybe I'm missing something, and maybe they brought some guys in that I don't know about, and uh, they could bounce back, and maybe Mac Brown and, and that staff uh, have got it together. But, like, in terms of this game, I, I have no idea who to pick in this game. <laughs> like, I, w- I would lean That's, North Carolina I- just because the quarterback, but it's it's tough. That's what I, I was going to kind of say. These are, these are, um, I'd say teams that are on equal footing because North Carolina was good and is on their way down. I feel like where South Carolina wasn't and is on their way up. And I feel like they're at this crossroads where they're both about the same talent level. Um, so it should make for a good game, but whether or not these two teams end up in any kind of contention towards the end of the year, I don't expect. Um, but I do like what South Carolina's doing. I do think that they're on the up and up. I think this is a good eight and four season for them, maybe. Um, and I think this would be a solid win for them to come out and win win that game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I also don't count Mac Brown out. And um, you know, I, I feel like he ha- he does have a tendency, or at least he has at North Carolina, to do less with more or more with less. Um, so I, I think you could. I wouldn't count them out completely, but I, I do think this will be a nice evenly matched game that we probably won't even remember at the end of the season. Right. Yeah. And like for all the reasons that we just said, like it should be entertaining to watch because they are so closely matched. There should be some good quarterback play. And like I think a lot of passion in this game uh, and, and like both sides want desperately to beat the other, you know, more so than your typical college game. So um, I'm kind of bummed it's during ours, so like I'm just gonna have to be like following along like on my phone or something during our game. So, um, or the Letterman's you know, Lounge, you know? That's true. Yeah. Or I mean, I, I mean, we could just watch the replay on the on the drive home. Yeah, so. it might get way hot in there, so we might be in the Letterman's Lounge the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that that one's kind of the highlight of the day for me, um, just from a a pure football watching standpoint. Um, I'm intrigued by by Penn State, West Virginia. They're, they host West Virginia. Uh, Penn State, number seven, uh, a team that I've really bought in on this offseason. Uh, I think they make the playoff this year. Uh, I just want to see what they look like. Um, a lot of guys on that team are, are picked to go in the couple, you know, first couple rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, their quarterback, true uh, sophomore, former five-star, uh, him and Connor were in, and Kate Klubnick as well. Were uh, were three of the the five stars in that class at quarterback. Um, so super interesting to watch, like how that pans out. I'm always intrigued by you know the five stars in each class at quarterback and, and what they end up doing. Um, so I'm I'm watching them. I hope I see if they look strong. Uh, curious if West Virginia can can put up a fight. But um, later that night, uh, how about the Sam Houston State Bearcats uh, officially joining the FBS this season? Um, their first official FBS game is at BYU uh, at nine fifteen on FS1. So, really, this, Bearcat, this, this news has has bypassed me. I didn't realize that this was happening. You know, it's it's so like like realignment at the lower levels. Like everyone talks about OU and Texas to the Big Twelve or to the SEC, but like on the lower levels, like the Conference USA is is flipped completely. <laughs> like like half of their teams left for the American. You know, one or two went to the Sun Belt, and then they added, you know, like Jacksonville State played this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're in the FBS now. They've been an FCS power. Uh, they played UTEP. That was a conference game, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Just, it's wild to think about. Like, uh, if, if you look, if you pull up a map of Conference USA just on Google and just see all the teams that are in it now, 
it's it's just really funny to look at because it's not what you would expect but sure. um but sam houston yeah they're 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 at the big boy table now like there they're, we go. they're no longer an fcs team so uh shout out to any bearcats out there uh welcome to the party uh we're excited to have you also um you know what sucks and it's, it's this way for james madison too who came up last year is they can't go to a bowl game this year even if they win six games which is so stupid but you know hopefully they win six and they change the rule i don't know what they would do in that case but um i'm pulling for you bearcats yeah that's that's a very stupid rule but whatever yeah not my school not my problem that's what that's I right like uh, <laughs> uh so that's saturday there's some there's some decent teams there um there's decent games there that we talked about um Got a question from Jonathan. Uh, we talked. He asked about uh, if if Coach Prime is going to show out against TCU. Uh, we just spent a, a really good chunk talking about that. I, I think you can rewind on here. I don't yeah, know if, if, you, can if you can rewind about ten minutes, and you'll you'll hear a good piece on that. Yeah, um, I had a lot to say about that. <laughs> but uh, I think it, I, to answer your question, Jonathan, I think it'll be a very fun game to watch. Uh, to put it put it um, condensed, it'll be yeah. a fun game to watch because there's just a ton of unknowns on both sides of the coin. So. Yeah. Um, definitely a game we will be tuning into. So Sunday, uh, typically there's only been, they've had like, like one Sunday game and it was always at night and then one Monday night. And this year they decided to put three on Sunday. So now you have a whole day of, you know, it's, it's the Sunday before the NFL starts so they can do this and get away with it. <laughs> Very smart by college football to do this. For sure. So, um, Cause they do it to us. So we're going to do it to them. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um, Northwestern at Rutgers, another big 10 conference game. Um, uh, story of the two and 10 <laughs> teams this year. In all I was going to say, I was going to say that is a big 10 conference game right there, boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it just because I'm a, a college football sicko, but um, it's 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 kind of fun to watch teams that aren't very good sometimes just to see which one can outdo the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2.30. These are both on CBS, actually. Uh, 2.30. Uh, ranked Oregon State. The 18th rank, ranked Oregon State Beavers with uh, DJ Yui Ungalele at quarterback coming over from, from Clemson. Um they're on the road at San Jose State for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why they're playing on the road. Um, but, you know, interesting but, case study with them playing, with San Jose State playing USC last week, Oregon State this week. Like, if, if Oregon State goes in there and blanks them, like, 49-0, like, what does that say about USC that they gave well, up 28 the, points? <laughs> Oregon State's going to run the Pac-12 this year. Watch. They probably will. And <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for it. If there's one thing I'm here for in 2023, it is Oregon State winning the Pac-12 in the last year of its existence. <laughs> I mean, that eternal scoreboard for all the teams yep. that left them. Yep. Uh, that'd be good. I'm pulling for them. Yeah. Go Beavers. I actually do like their, like not to, to talk about that for too long. Uh, I, I do like their coach a lot. Like last year against Oregon, you know, like they're oh yeah they almost beat Oregon last year they did beat Oregon last year they did beat Oregon last year you're right and but the then they they, they almost beat USC last year too right yeah they did yeah that's, that's that, that game was about. like it was like a three point loss I think yeah uh, so so tough team and like that's kind of their style like they they run the ball a ton and last year when they played Oregon uh they ran inside zone 16 times in a row because Oregon just couldn't stop it so like, yeah. hey, we're just gonna keep running up the middle and, and make you stop it. So. All right, I'm bought in. I'm going all Oregon State, all Georgia Tech this year. Those are my two teams. Let's go. Um, let's Beavers let's and Yellow Jackets in the playoffs. Yeah. Haynes King against A and M in the playoffs. <laughs> Can't even imagine. Um, honestly, the the game of the entire weekend for me that like I'm gonna be eyes glued to the television for three and a half hours straight is LSU and Florida state. Um, it, it, the only bummer here is it's neutral site. It's in Orlando and not in Tallahassee. Um, this is a top 10 matchup. This is number five LSU and number eight, Florida state. Um, both very, very high quality teams. I think they're ranked appropriately. Um, both fan bases are, you know, kind of gunning for a playoff spot this year. Uh, so, um, you know, that's uh that's something to watch. 
uh one second for technical difficulties <laughs> unexpected hayden <laughs> unexpected <laughs> nobody ever expects hayden. oh hey i'm i'm here <laughs> okay you're back you're back i'm sorry for technical was... difficulties people I'm very glad I was paying attention. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it didn't even buffer. It like Chase just fell out. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> yeah, more on that later. Anyways, so sorry to interrupt you, Will. LSU, Florida State. Let's go. No, um, I think both are very talented. This is going to be uh, a highly competitive game, like a playoff, like a semifinal esque style game. Um, I'm I'm thrilled to watch it. I I really can't wait to watch it. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. I, I'm not bought in on Florida State. That's one team that I'm just not all in on this year, and everybody else seems to be. Like, if I'm watching any of the college football programs, it just seems like they're just Florida State's going to do it. This is the year for them. I just don't see that. I, I just I, – I'm not bought in on them yet. So, yeah, they'll have to prove something to me by at least hanging pretty tough with LSU. But – Quite frankly, for me at this point, I'm calling this an LSU blowout. I, I think LSU comes in and, and just crushes Florida State this this game. Um, I think it's a game that we're all going to be excited for going into it, and it's going to get to halftime and we're bored of it. That's my personal personal take on it. But I could be yeah. dead completely wrong. Like I, I might be way, way off base, but I'm just not bought in on Florida State yet. That totally could happen. Because um, I think like like the the really – uh, self-aware Florida State fans, they think that they have a really good team and that they could, they have a good chance to make the playoff but not win it. Like, they think that they're good enough to, like, kind of compete and be in the mix, but not enough real, like, high-end talent to kind of, you know, cross the goal line there. Yeah. Um, they, like an eight and four, very... nine and three team is what I feel like they are, but that's that's just me personally. Yeah, and, like, well – in the month of September, they play LSU and Clemson. So uh, we're going to find out very quickly. Yeah, we'll know very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, that's like September is their season. Like, that is like, if you want to be in the playoff, like, you got to, you got to do it in that month. So, um, but I, I like what they've got. Uh, they have a very good college quarterback uh, in Jordan Travis. Um, good running back. You know, their O line has improved tremendously from where it was, you know, five, six years ago. Um, I like the receivers. They went and got uh, Keon Coleman from the portal. He's a nice receiver. Um, they got Jared Verse to come back to school. They're, uh, they're highly touted defensive end. Um, their defense, I think, is solid, but definitely more of an offensive team, uh, in my opinion. Um, and LSU, like, I think their secondary is kind of suspect, which they typically aren't, like, like LSU is one of the schools that claims to be DBU, you know, like yeah. they, they put out. And they have uh, a pretty good claim to that. They do. Absolutely. But like this year's team uh, doesn't. And, you know, right. they, they could get there. Like they brought in some guys as well from the portal. So, um, yeah, but some of the it, guys it, it, that they brought in from the portal didn't, didn't pan out for them either. Did that's, they? that's also true. So, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think this could be an offensive matchup. Is that what you're trying to say? I think so. Um, yeah. And I, I like I, I like Harold Perkins a lot, but mm -hmm. and I'm I'm sure they're going to use him in creative ways. But you know, last year he was like strictly an edge player. Now he's playing middle linebacker, and you know maybe the goal the the plan is just like on first and second down, he's a middle linebacker, and on third downs he rushes a passer. You know something sure, like that. Sure. But I think you know his best skill is his ability to get after quarterbacks. Um, they've got two great defensive tackles. Uh, one of them can't play in this game, Mason Smith. Um, but you know, they've got some guys there. Um, LSU's receivers are, are very, very good. Um, their O-line is, is pretty solid. You know, Jaden Daniels, you know, good dual threat quarterback. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty evenly matched. Like I'm having a hard time really picking one. I think the line is LSU minus two and a half. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning Florida State at least on the points, but man, it's it's a coin flip game. Yeah. Well, I we'll see. This is the first one that I feel like we're we're opposed, and that's simply just because of my my thoughts on Florida State. But uh, the chances I are hope. you're you're probably more right than me. 
Um, but I just, I just, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be the one this week that we look at, you know, at the end of the week and be like, man, we thought that was going to be a great matchup and it was not. Yeah. And I know you said you think LSU blows them out. Uh, that's the more likely of the two scenarios, but my preferred would be that Florida state <laughs> runs LSU out of the stadium <laughs> and, <Sure. laughs> and, L- and LSU is exposed as frauds, but, um, I don't think it's going to be the case, uh, in this, in this instance. So, um, that's, that's, that's game of the week right there. But, um, last game of the week, uh, is on Monday night. Uh, the, the last Monday night, uh, without NFL football, uh, and it's Clemson at Duke. Uh, the fighting Mike Elko's um, Mike Elko is just a hell of a football coach. And yeah. I would, I would, I would kill to have him back as our DC, you know, like bar none. Like I'd like, like he was, he was incredible here. He's an incredible head coach at, at Duke won nine games his first season. That doesn't happen there very often. Um, this line is not that big. It's like 12 and a half. Like in, oh, really? in years past, it'd be like, Clemson minus 24 or minus 28. And, you know, this year it's a lot tighter than that. Um, Duke's going to come to play. It's a home game for Duke. So um, very intrigued, you know, if Clemson goes in there and screws around. Uh, mentioned earlier that they have uh, Kay Klumnick, a quarterback, uh, former five-star and former Westlake uh, QB here in the Austin area. So um, Clemson, I'm really iffy on. I just don't know if, like, is the – is the Clemson era, is it over? Is it descending? Or are they just about to catch a second wind? You know, I, I don't really know. But um, big season for them, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think this season is going to be the one that tells all, right? Uh, I think if you do see a Florida State uptick this year, uh, they're going to take down Clemson. I I could see I could see Mike Elko and, and the Duke Blue Devils putting it together against him at – because I, I feel like Clemson, like where I do have faith in Clemson is in their offense. Like you mentioned, Cade Klubnick, like he's a great quarterback. I think they have some really good offensive weapons. But their defense is, has been a big question mark to me ever since their defensive coordinator left. You know, um, what's his name? Uh, over, uh, Venables. Um, yeah, Venables left. I thought he was one of the top defensive coordinators in the oh, country, easy, if easily. not the top in the country. So um, I, even if – I don't know, even if they have a good defensive coordinator, I don't think that they'll ever be quite as good as they were with him at the helm. And so so I, I think the strengths that you have there – now, granted, I don't know Duke's team all that well – but I know that Mike Elko is going to have a good defense, you know, like that's one thing that I do know. And, and so I think in terms of the strengths that I might know about each team of, I think Clemson's strength is in the offense. Dukes would be in the defense. Maybe it's, maybe it's a good matchup, right? This is about to blow your mind, but um, so I, I don't know if this guy is starting for Duke, but I know he's on their roster because I know he transferred there, but uh, former uh, Aggie defensive back, Miles Jones, transferred to duke are you serious his, i am dead serious he still has a year of eligibility <laughs> that dude's working on his second phd good for him <laughs> i think this is legit like his eighth season in college football i'm pretty um, sure that he he was he might have been a senior in high school i could almost swear that he was a freshman during my my last season of my masters which would have been 2016 so i i think he was a freshman the year that we blew the lead to LA, or to UCLA so i think that was 17 okay well yeah okay so that was that's, a true freshman year okay yeah that that would that would make sense that's about the same time frame in my mind and uh, maybe i'm a year off there um but that would have been when i really started following AM football from the fan perspective really closely because i was at i was at the dearlies for that game and yeah um, yeah so so he played college football under kevin Sumlin, and now he's still around and he's wild. at duke under like we've had a guy come in as defensive coordinator and leave as a head coach and a year in between and then <laughs> go over there so it's like i i i i, I hope he does it. i hope he you know goes over there and just has a me, great year. me too that dude i'm i've always been his biggest supporter i, I think that guy is awesome so. um also lo- i love the quarterback at duke uh, uh his name is riley leonard 
Um, he's on Hayden's fantasy team. Uh, great pickup, Hayden. Um, he's he's just a, just a good ball player, kind of a dual threat guy. Um, got a lot of grit, but um, excited to watch that one. Uh, but that kind of wraps it up, you know, on uh, on week one, on week one talk, non AM talk uh, with regards to college football. Um, overall, pretty solid slate, but really it's just, you know, it's just getting in there and, and seeing what these teams are about. And, you know, like, are, are these teams what we thought they were? Or, yeah. you know, like who disappoints, who surprises? And, you know, like there's always you know, something crazy that happens. And, you know, that, that's what we're here for. We're here to we're here to enjoy that. Absolutely. But, you know, let's turn the you know, last 10, 10 or so minutes over to, to A&M. Uh, home opener, season opener against New Mexico. Uh, we actually played them a couple years ago, when the year that Calzada started. Um, did not beat them the way that we should. So hopefully uh, a little bit better outcome uh, this year. But uh, is there anything that you're looking for? Um, just kind of, you know, overall or, or anything specific that you're, you're looking for? I'm looking to watch the fighting Texas Aggies go on to the football playing field. No, I, I, um, I am, there's a lot that I'm, I'm looking for, but probably not as, as much as I feel like some people are looking for. I've said that in a a few past episodes, but I'm not looking to see an overhauled offense in this game. I'm not looking to see a completely different team in this game than what we've seen in the past. I'm looking for a couple of um, exciting plays, a little bit of motion on offense, a little bit like minute changes, like minimal changes that if you're, if you're not a college football sicko, right. That you probably wouldn't even notice. Um, but maybe enough to where the average fan might get a little bit more excited than they have in years past of the boring games of, of Jimbo's tenure. Um, so I think, I think that's what I'm expecting. Really, I, I'm expecting to see us tighten up the running game because um, I, I, I tighten up on defense, run defense. Um, I want to see us tighten that up. I, I think we absolutely will and against New Mexico, but want to get some fresh faces out there, get a good rotation going on defense. Um, but really offense, I think that's what everybody's eyes are on. And uh, like, I, again, like I said in other other episodes, I've already said it here, I don't expect that we're going to come out and watch a 70-point game by AM. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think you're going to see a Mike Leach team run onto the field and us just air raid all day long and just blow them out of the water. I'm just not looking for that. Um, and I think if you're – I would say if you're looking for that in this game, you're going to be disappointed. Um, that doesn't – I know as much as you do listening, right, that, that we – haven't really seen this year's team yet so I could be wrong but my expectations are I want to see a Jimbo offense go out there run their scheme the way that they need to and if we need to add a couple of wrinkles here and there from Petrino we do it and as long as we do that I'm perfectly happy with this game so I think the only thing I would like tweak there is from everything that I've heard uh I think it's I think it's completely Petrino's offense, but I think it's so it's it's very similar in a lot of likes to do that. I think you're right. Like the average fan is going to be like, oh, well, like these plays are working. Like, why didn't they work before? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there, there's there's probably a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, um, it's like I think, you know, in terms of of teaching, you know, the offense and and maybe trimming it down some or, or, or game planning and things like that. Um, I think it, it's, it's what you, it's, it's what the average fan and, and, and like, it's what you and me, like, we're not really aware of, like, we're not aware of what goes on in those, in those meeting rooms with those coaches. And I mm-hmm. think, I think they've, they've put in a lot of work this off season and I think we'll be pleasantly surprised, you know, not to the tune of 70 points, but, you know, I think we can go out there and score like, 52 or something like that maybe get a defensive score here or there but i i mean that's fair and i'm not saying that it's jimbo's offense so so um i'm glad you caught that because that's not what i meant um and and so i want to clarify of I, i i do think you see a different offense come onto the field this year um and one that that 
is really Petrino-fied, right? Um, I don't think that you need an overhaul of the offense against New Mexico. And, and so I don't think that you see – like if we come out and we don't just blow them out, you know, 52 points, I think that's absolutely possible for the team that we're going to put on the field. But I also think that we might end up winning this game 35 to three and, and run off of that. And I wouldn't be disappointed with that. I, I would be, you know, happy. I want to see, see us keep them out of the end zone. You know, I I'd like to, I'd li- love a shutout. I'll always love a shutout. Um, but I, I want to see a strong defense and I want to see an offense play their game with good consistency on each drive and in a good scheme that might be a six or seven minute drive. Right. And if it's a six or seven minute drive, that's not going to disappoint me like it, it might other people. Cause I feel like there's just this perception from people that we're going to come out and, we're not, never going to run the ball. We're going to air it out every single play. Oh, yeah. And and that's that's yeah. kind of my point is like, don't think that we're going to come out here and it's just going to be, you know, a, a someone team that we're just airing it out all the time yeah. and uh, scrambling the quarterback every play and all of that. I, right. I just think it's a, I think it's going to be a more, a true pro style that we're going to add some, some good routes here and there. Um, and, and really, I, I'm going to add one more thing to that. Sorry, I'm rambling here. But um, something I would love to see that I really want to see um, this week, next week, and all through this season is wide receiver rotation. I want to see us move guys on and off the field constantly. I want to see fresh guys in there at all points in time. I don't want to run with the same receivers until the fourth quarter. I just don't want to see that happen. And I don't yeah. want I don't want to see us run with the same starting receivers until we're up by five scores. I don't want to see that either. I want to see a, a constant rotation throughout the game. And and I think Petrino is going to be a lot better at doing that than Jimbo is. So I think to to tack onto that a little bit, because I think I think we will see that. Like I think they've probably got, you know, five or six guys at receiver that they feel comfortable with and probably three tight ends and three running backs. So I think you see a lot of different skill guys get in the game, like when it's still, you know, in the first half. Yeah. Um, but something that, that kind of popped in my head when you were saying that was, I think you see like the same receivers on the field line up in, in different ways. Like, sure. like, it's not like, Oh, like Noah Thomas is our X. We're going to line him up at X every play. And Anais is our slot. He's going to be our slot every play. Like you're going to see them, you know, move guys around, you might see Noah Thomas in the slot one play, see him, you know, uh, like on his own out wide on another play. And like, you're, like you're, you're going to see more just kind of differing formations and, and things of that nature uh, just to just to get good matchups and things like that. But I yeah. think you do also see like, hey, like, you know, let's put uh, Moose in now or let's, you know, give Evan a break, put uh, Jody Walker in there. Yeah, um, I think you, you see things like that. Yeah, you know, like so. So this just popped in my head, but um, I, I, you know, Petrino's big thing is feed the studs, right? You, you know, give it to the studs, feed the studs. Yeah. We have a lot of studs on offense, and I don't think we've done a good job of that in in recent they gotta years. Eat. Um, but Jimbo's thing, and, and I wouldn't say that Jimbo doesn't try to feed the studs, but he does it so obviously that you could know nothing about offensive scheme, and you still know that he's trying to get the ball to Yule Keith Brown. You know, like it, we're we're finally up by, you know, four or five scores. So now we're going to put in the second team and we want to see how Yule Keith does. So we run a screen to Yule Keith and he drops the ball. So then the next one we do a quick slant to Yule Keith <laughs> and he drops the ball. So then we do an end around to Yule Keith. And it's like, OK, Jimbo, like just naturally give it to him and run it with somebody else. Like, don't just I mean, he literally it, watching his teams play sometimes is like watching a baby just try to like you know, put something, a square peg and a round hole, literally. And so it's like, like, I think that you'll have a more organic offense with, with, um, Petrino and, and, uh, and I obviously like Jimbo only does that whenever we're way ahead and we really don't have to worry about losing the game, but like we should be doing that intermittently through all of our games 
because maybe we have a second string guy that's just hot today and we can we can get it to him and before you know it by the end of the game he's he's you know our leading touchdown receiver you know because we decided to put him in in the first quarter instead of waiting until the fourth quarter to, before you saw the field and then blocking him every every play so so i i think i, I that's what i am am hoping to see that that will make me feel if all else is the same, if everything looks the same, if our run defense is still somewhat porous, if you know our offense is super slow and we run the clock down to zero seconds every single play and we do all of that, but we sub in our skill guys constantly throughout the game, I'm happy because I think that's the number one thing that we haven't done in the past couple of years that has driven everybody crazy, not just me. Yeah. And and so but in addition to that, I'd like to see us sub those guys in. I'd like to see, you know, some new excitement to the offense, some some hurry up, you know, not necessarily full tempo, but but I mean, you know, I think a lot of the reason people ever hated on Kellen was because it just looked like he was just bored all the time because it took us so long to get a playoff and yeah. and and I don't even think that was his fault. I think that was just what no, he was wasn't. coached to do. Um, but he got the the he he got the brunt of that, right? So yeah. I, I think I think I'd like to see us hurry to the ball a little bit more. I'd like to see just just a, a sense of of um, you know excitement around around the offensive side of the ball and. Um, yeah. And I want to see a strong defense. It's New Mexico. We need to have a strong defense with the guys that we have. There's no reason why they score. Yeah. So uh, there, there's two main things that I want to see, and it really echoes a lot of what of what you said there. And number one, I want to see an offense that is confident in what it's doing. Uh, you don't have half the guys running one play and half the guys running another because they don't know mm-hmm. what the calls are and they've had to memorize a billion plays, so they don't know which one that we're running. Yeah, uh, I think those days are over. I think what you're going to see and what I want to see and expect to see is an offense that is confident, that is not like they don't look panicked. They don't look like it's hard for them. Like it's like scoring points is like pulling teeth. And mm-hmm. it just looks like like natural and easy and efficient. I want to see an efficient, you know, well put together offense because there's no reason we can't have one. <laughs> and I think we brought in the guy to, Absolutely. to orchestrate that. And I'm, you know, I'm just excited to see like all those guys individually and, and Connor, I, we didn't even say this. Connor's officially the starting quarterback. Yeah. One hour and two minutes, minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> um, Connor is the starter. Uh, we all thought that all along. Uh, it, it sounds like, you know, he wasn't given this job. He did go out there and earn it. Max mm-hmm. has played well. Connor is taking it up to a new level. Um, so I'm I'm pumped to watch him. Uh, pumped to see these receivers, these running backs, these young linemen. Um, but the second thing that I want to see is I want to see this defensive line be truly dominant. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm basing a lot of my prediction on about Annan being good this year is, you know, probably their most most talented position group, the defensive line. Yeah. dominating sec lines so if you can't dominate new mexico's offensive line to a significant degree sure then yeah i'm dropping my prediction down to eight wins or yeah. seven wins because sure. there's just there's no reason on on the planet that these guys these 12 13 guys that are that are you know all stars can't go out there and dominate i i think we're going to see that i think you know Whoever New Mexico's quarterback is is going to be running for his life. Um, I think their run game will be stifled. Um, even if they get a, a chunk play here and there, you know, I think on the whole, uh, the defensive line will dominate. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Nash is uh, in the private chat. Like, what would it take for y'all to be worried? Um, and the biggest thing to me is uh, giving up sacks. Um, I think you think back to uh, 2019. When we played Kent State, they had pressure on Kellen all day. And mm-hmm. not not Kent State, sorry, Texas State. Um, they were all over Kellen and uh, just was a very bad omen for what was to come that season. Uh, I think this O-line could be very good with, with what they've got. I think they have some real depth finally. Um, 
Sounds like Chase Basantis is your starting right tackle for this game as Ruben works his way back from injury. Um, I think he could be a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. So um, there, there's some real, some real talent, some real depth there. Uh, but I want to see them, you know, play to their ability and play together uh, and not make dumb mistakes. So yeah. um, I, I think that's what we see. And, you know, I obviously hope it's what we see. If Connor is running for his life, if Connor gets sacked four or five times, then yeah, I'll be on here next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, uh, hey guys, sorry, I I, I led y'all astray. Uh, we will not be winning ten games. We're, We're going win six to six. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I don't expect that to happen. I don't. I don't either at all. I think we go out there, and I think I legit think it's like a fifty-two to three type game. Yeah. You know, it's thirty-one zero at halftime, and you know we're happy, you know, yeah, what's interesting is that Jimbo has never started a season. Good. <laughs> like We never lose, but like Vanderbilt 17, 12 could have lost that game. Yeah. Uh, Texas state didn't cover Kent state. It was 10, three at halftime. Um, who did we play last year? Uh, Sam, we scored just like 30 to zero. Yeah. As ugly as all get out. So um go out there and dominate and have people around the country saying, Oh, A and M, you know, they took care of business. They might they might be pretty good this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we see. Yep. But, but um I, I'm just, you know, I've we've we've spent, you know, since since the clock hit zero against LSU, we've been like, Man, you know, we've got to write the shit next year. We gotta, you know do certain things and, 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 and get, you know, and get, get to a certain point to take care of business. Uh, what, what I've seen up to this point, what the changes that we made, who we brought in and how the guys have progressed uh, it's, it's all, it's, it's super encouraging. And this team could be like as, as good as they want to be. Absolutely. Uh, the, the talent levels there. It's the, the quarterback is there. Um, you just got to go out and do it. So um, it's, it's time to, uh, uh, talking season is officially over and football season is here. Absolutely. Four days. Four days. Three days if you're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, whatever. Two days <laughs> if it's Thursday when you're listening to this and one day if it's Friday. <laughs> and today, if, if you're listening to this on Saturday on your way to the game, it's game day. Get up. Let, play the Nobleman of Kyle as loud as you possibly can. And you <laughs> <laughs> you know that'll be playing. You know you'll get a Snapchat from me saying, bum, bum, it's game day. Let's go. Yeah, We're that's back. going on my story Saturday morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. It might uh, go on our story if you follow us at <laughs> an eligible podcast on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. It might go on all of them. You can't ever tell. Yeah. I might go Thank live you. on YouTube just to be like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> oh, I know something's dying right now. I guarantee something's <laughs> going to blast that as soon as we're off of here. I will too, Sutton, you and me both. For Hayden Garland, for Chase Caldwell, I am Will Stone. This is the Ineligibles podcast. Beat the hell out of New Mexico. Gigamaggies. <laughs>